think as givers, we really want to focus on giving more than technique. We want to give seduction. We want to give reassurance. We want to give enthusiasm for going down on someone. Welcome to Honey Do Me, a podcast that goes into the bedroom and beyond. Hosted by Emma Norman and Cass Anderson. Here at Honey Do Me, we don't have all the answers. So we chat with experts, educators, and badass changemakers to get them. We are here to remind our listeners and ourselves that what we're going through is normal. That we are worthy of love and pleasure. And that we are all in this together. So tell us, honey, how do you do you? So if you didn't get what our topic is from that, shut us off now. Yeah, I don't want you here. We're going downtown. Down, 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 downtown. I have a lot of downtown songs. You know, vagina stuff. Vagina stuff. Vulva stuff. Excuse my language. Pardon you. Pardon me. Yeah, we're talking about... I don't. I was gonna call it the dirty deed. It's not dirty. <laughs> I think it's quite. It could be quite fun. It's quite fun. <laughs> it so, should be quite fun. And today we're gonna make sure it's fun. Yes. Because we have the amazing Luna Matadas. She is a pleasure coach and just all around amazing sex educator who has the best tips mm-hmm. for going down. So as a receiver or a giver, you're gonna get so many tips from this episode. Absolutely. And I think we opened the floor immediately by busting through anything you could be like holding within you mm-hmm. that would prevent you from having such a great fucking time. Exactly. All the shame you could be holding, all the like worry, which just get it out of the fucking way and mm-hmm. enjoy the tips and tricks. Exactly. So we thought that was a good way to start this episode because both of us have held shame around that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just common. Like anything yes. you see, any like joke you see out there about like women's bodies, it's about it can mm-hmm. be about like body hair going down, smell, yeah, taste. Exactly. It's like that is so shoved in our face. So let's get that out of the way. Let's mm-hmm. talk about that. And then let's have a fucking good time. Exactly. Because Luna has the most amazing, amazing Ugh. advice. Like she just kept talking. And then I was like, one more question about the shame that I withhold mm-hmm. in my body. Let's talk exactly. about it. Exactly. Yeah. So if you have a vulva or you want to lick a vulva, <laughs> this is the episode for you. And you're going to have a great fucking time. So we will see you on the other side. Yes, we will. So I'm Luna Matadas. I'm a sex and pleasure educator, which means that I get to go around talking with people about how to get their desires met and building communication and supporting their erotic creativity. And I've been teaching sex ed for, I keep saying 10 years, but I think it's closer to maybe 12 or 13 years. And in the beginning, I was teaching from a a health promotion perspective Mm -hmm. and everyone still really wanted to know about pleasure and how do I do the thing and how do I feel the thing? And um, so I'm so lucky. To, to be able to get to to teach people online and hopefully offline again someday. <laughs> and mm-hmm. um, along with my, my approach to pleasure, I've got this uh, wonderful plethora of sex positive and feminist merchandise. And so I'm the creator of Peg the Patriarchy and Don't Tell My Mom and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and Meditate, Medicate, Masturbate because I do teach a lot of cannabis and sex uh, workshops as well. That is more and more common with the people that we're talking to about cannabis and sex. And I, I love the the merging of the two. Yes. Um, how would you do your work in person? Do you have like classes or workshops? What do you do in person? Yeah, well, before everything went online, before our Zoom lives, I was teaching in mostly feminist and, and sex positive shops. And so I would teach workshops there or at sex clubs or at private parties. Um, Sometimes people really enjoy kind of just getting together with their friends to learn something and have these conversations. Well, that's the best environment to kind of facilitate it because you're a little bit more relaxed and then you're having someone who knows what they're talking about come in and tell you all the things that are really fun to talk about. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes, yes. It always starts out real shy and then Uh it goes into anal. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And you're like, well, I have a question that it just starts going off. Yeah, exactly. I love when the conversation turns to anal. Like (laughs) most most of ours do these days. (laughs) That's how you know they're good. Yeah. (laughs) If the conversation 
conversation doesn't turn to anal, I don't want it. I don't want it. Over it. (laughs) So we really want to get into, you know what? We've actually been struggling with names for oral sex for people with vulvas. Eating out feels like not something that we love saying, but like cunnilingus feels very uh, formal. Yeah. 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 What's a good word for it? (laughs) Um, I tend to, especially if I'm speaking in an audience where I'm not sure what their um, gender is Mm -hmm. or if there's a mix of of people, I tend to refer to it as either going down or um, I know giving head has been usually referring to going down on penises, but lots of people are reclaiming a lot of this language because it's so sort of normalized that we go down and give head to penises, but, Mm -hmm. you know, vulvas are still really lacking the good eating out or going down yeah Mm -hmm. going down is a little bit better i like that a little like a little bit more yeah it feels (laughs) going downtown (laughs) yeah make it fun and feisty right well now that we have the name (laughs) um in terms of going down we really wanted to start out by busting through some shame before we get into logistics because we don't want people to be thinking like okay that's great but this is what i'm really worried about so i think where we wanted to start out was smell and taste and shame around smell and taste what is your take on that Mm -hmm. yeah i love that you're starting there because i feel (laughs) like this is the the question that's kind of subconscious for people when they're talking about well I don't know if my partner likes it or I'm too shy to ask or I can't relax in it it's a lot about our self-judgment around our bodies and what they're naturally doing Mm -hmm. um you know our bodies are are beautiful and they're disgusting so you know we've got this kind of this mix and when we take things into an erotic situation it can often feel like we're battling with that sanitation and hygiene stuff that we've learned and then oh my god this feels so good and I want to do all the sexy mm-hmm. thing. So my take on it is that any shame that, that you have around what you smell or taste like, you learned. So we have an entire billion dollar industry, right? You can walk into any drug mart, any drugstore, and you're going to see a feminine hygiene aisle. There is mm-hmm. no equivalent masculine hygiene aisle. So and true. so we've got an industry that's built on misogyny. And then we internalize that. We internalize it to say that, oh, our body should smell like lavender and vanilla. Mm-hmm. Your body should not smell like lavender and vanilla. The <laughs> vagina is self-cleaning. It's got its own little ecosystem of bacteria and it cleans things out. So actually we don't need any internal cleaning at all that was just an industry designed to prey upon insecurities that were created around our genitals and you know there is no equivalent industry for like making testicles and penises smell like cupcakes and steak right like like a whole steak dinner (laughs) yeah and if we made this product and we put steak dinner on the shelves it would not sell right like there is no insecurity around it there is no oh i need to be super steaky fresh to to be able to Smell like A1 down there. Snake and taters. Snake and taters. There you go. You should brand this. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So a lot of people struggle with this, I think. Yeah. And then how to have that like conversation too with your partner. Like what if they comment on maybe your smell or your taste? Like I feel like that can be really like it throws you off too. Cause like, yeah, that's what makes you think about it more. Yeah, yeah. And I think this this comes with, you know, if you are comfortable with your scent and taste, you will know if there's changes. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times we've been told that if there's a scent that it's either unhygienic or it's infected. Mm -hmm. And that's not true. I mean, if you spend some time throughout the the month in your cycle, your menstrual cycle, just noticing what your scents are, like I smell my panties. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's like ovulation time. That's like, oh, pre-period. And so I'm aware of what my normal scents are at any sort of given cycle. And so if your partner says to you, like, oh, like, can you, like, freshen up or can you do whatever? And usually they're not saying it like that. I mean, like, a freshen up is a reasonable request. But um, remembering that people are into all different types of of scents. Some people love extra scent, right? Mm -hmm. And so there isn't this sort of natural kind of, oh, you should be completely scentless. So I think if you own your scent and your partner says something about it, then it becomes like, oh, okay, do I need to to freshen up? Or is, are you kind of, you got to hang up around? 
around scent and I'm now internalizing that to feel bad about myself um, because I mean partners have, without vulvas have also been taught the same garbage that you're supposed to smell like like cupcakes and whatever mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and so they're also unlearning stuff and it really helps to stand in your own knowledge and trust what you know about your body and then mm-hmm. be able to say oh okay like so is it and you could smell yourself you know taste yourself smell yourself see what that's like and determine whether or not it's a um an odor that's indicative of something or it's just like your scent right I think that's great we've actually we've had an educator tell us like oh taste yourself before and we like went beet red yeah the second she said it we were just like okay (laughs) we had never we're a little deeper into this now so like yeah yeah that makes total sense that you would taste and smell and be like, yeah, I'm good. If like you said not to put anything inside of yourself, but what are like the hygienic practices that you could be that you should be engaging in? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I also want to say it makes sense that you would go beat red. You know, like this is something if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, my God, because we've been taught so much about mm-hmm. like this is gross. You're disgusting. Hide yes. your thing. Don't even call it by its like medical anatomy, anatomy name. Like just like there's so much shame around it on so many levels. And so it is really a process of, of unlearning with your hygiene. You should be using just a gentle, mild soap um, mm-hmm. on on the outside of, of your your genitals. So your vulva. So the, mm-hmm. the labia, the, the external part of the clitoris and the external external part of, of the vagina. So you're really just using soap and, and water. Um, I, I've had questions from people around, well, when I'm on my period, should I be like flushing out like whatever's inside? And the thing is, is that, I mean, we have gravity, right? So everything's like coming out that needs to come out. And that's why we have stains on our panties. That's why we, we have this like cleansing of our vaginal fluids and juices. And so you don't need to, to get up in there because you're probably actually pushing more bacteria up when it's trying to get out. And so your finger might inadvertently be disturbing the vaginal bacteria that's there, but also drying out that tissue in your vagina, which makes you more susceptible to um, bacteria and infections anyways. Vagina knows best, you know, they're going to do, it's going to do what it needs to do. And that's just what I keep learning over and over again. It's that stop putting things up in and around that are just pushed on you by like target brands or something, you know? Yes. So it's like, we don't need to do that. One last like shame thing that I know that I think about is grooming as well, which mm. I think is something that stays in people's heads. So I don't really care if I like personally, I love not shaving. I think it looks better than shaving all the time. Um, but I would totally be self-conscious around a partner with like hair down there. So how to like work through your grooming stuff. Also, I don't know what people are doing anymore in quarantine. <laughs> is right. not shaving still a thing? Like, what are we all doing? <laughs> What are we coming oh, out of here with? Question. <laughs> yeah, I know. We should find out what people are doing. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that um, a lot of times we also equate hairlessness with hygiene, and mm-hmm. that's also not true. I mean, we are adults, and we're adult mammals, and so we are growing hair on our bodies, um, and the hair does serve a, a purpose. And so when we're we're thinking about sexual attraction or, or does it feel good or does it look cute, I mean, oftentimes we're measuring what looks good on our bodies based on what we've seen in porn. And so porn is performative. I mean, your hair and my hair and our makeup doesn't look like what actors look like day to day, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I have dark circles, we have wrinkles, we have lots of other things. And um, But porn has really been a lot of most people's exposure to any kind of I I hesitate to say sex education, but that's where they're learning sex from. And so we want to represent what the sexiness and the desirability is in porn and the bodies that are there. So ultimately, I think it's up to you and what you feel comfortable with. And when I'm engaging with a new partner and if they say something like, oh, like, do you shave? I'll be like, no, I touch it the most and I like it hairy. So, Mm -hmm. you know, (laughs) this is is what's comfortable for me. And likewise for partners, I say to them, you know, what what makes you feel hottest? Because you're going to feel the most comfortable if you do have razor burns do you have ingrown hairs do you have like you know all these kinds of things that come with shaving and maintaining um and so really think about pubic hair as fashion 
it's just fashion. That's all mm-hmm. it is. And it comes in and out of fashion. And, and particularly for people who uh, are, are femme or, or we're just sort of, you know, kind of following like what, what femmes are supposed to do or feminine. Um, there is an infantilization of mm-hmm. women and femmes in society, thanks to patriarchy. And so a lot of this is hairlessness. I mean, if you like it and it's your preference, that's cool. But if you want to interrogate it and think about like, do I feel more sexy or more attractive because I've done this thing for somebody else, then that's where you can have a chance to actually reclaim your power and be like, well, I'm a grown ass person. You know, do I like this or don't I like this? Mm-hmm. You know, for me, it feels very much about this kind of misogynistic, very, the pressure for it, not whether or not you mm-hmm. have a bare uh, vulva, but the pressure to remove all hair from our bodies. Right. It's another big ass industry. Yeah, absolutely. I love thinking about it as fashion because it's like, no, this is just what I like. <laughs> and maybe you like to dress the same too. I don't know. But <laughs> I don't maybe know. hopefully you like the way I dress in my fashion choices. <laughs> I love that we're talking about all of this because I used to hold a lot of shame around like oral sex on me. Like mm-hmm. I would say no all the time, even though I did want it just because I was so scared of how I looked, how I would smell, how I would taste. And it just like in my head, I'm like, no, that's gross. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just gross. Why would I do that to a partner? Which is so like, I was clearly taught that somewhere and through like all of this messaging that there's something inherently wrong with me. So I'm so like, with the partner that I've had for the past four years, it's been so much better because I was able to brush past that and we were able to actually have all of those conversations about each and everything Mm -hmm. and now it's like I just get to enjoy it but even before I would say yes and it was like that's what I'm thinking about the entire time so I'm so glad that we're like really busting through all the shame yes (laughs) Yes. And I love that you communicated with your partner about it because it's okay to put the shame on the table and be like, hey, Mm -hmm. I'm trying to get more comfortable with this thing, you know, and this is this is how I feel about it. This is what I've learned. And, you know, I just ask for your empathy as I work Mm -hmm. my way through this. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And because you give such great advice and are making me feel better. One last (laughs) thing I have (laughs) is I used to be also really uncomfortable with like how wet I would get. Um not so much during sex, but when they're going down on me and I would, I would be self-conscious, like trying to like dry myself off sometimes or like feel like, okay, like you can come back up because like, I know it's probably a lot or something. So how to kind of like push through that too, a little bit, if being too wet is something you're self-conscious about. Ooh, yeah, that's another one that that I hear a lot. And even though wetness is like such a great sign of of arousal, it's such a great sign of that you're enjoying things. Um, Mm -hmm. And if wetness isn't present, it's also it's not necessarily a sign that you're not enjoying things. Um, But I think with with partners, uh, often we're assuming that they're um, kind of adhering to the same kind of of voices and nonsense Mm -hmm. that that we have heard in our heads. And to us, it makes perfect sense. It's like, why would you want to like, get all messy? Like, why would you, you know, it's going to be slobbery. It's like, it's not. And the thing is, it's like, again, it kind of goes back to porn where we've seen like everything be very sanitized, right? Like no mm-hmm. one is, um, unless it's like, that's a particular fetish or something that you're looking at, but like everyone is pretty much, no one's farting, no one's sweating, you know, no one's falling off the bed. No one accidentally gets their period. Like mm-hmm. it's like, like, this is, this is kind of, we've seen sex be so performative and, but reality is sex is really messy. And it, it very much is part of the sexiness for some people for it to be messy because it's like, mm, I want more of you. I want to get my face in there. I want you all over my face. And so some people find that really hot. Like it's it's very much an arousal thing for them to be messy. Um, and I think I would I would bring it up with partners. I'd say, you know, I get really wet and uh, I'm not sure like how you feel about it, but sometimes I feel shy about it. So it's okay to ask for reassurance mm-hmm. and, and get them as you're building your own confidence you I think eventually you can get to the point where you're just like this is my body this is what Mm -hmm. it's doing um I had a partner once or it was a it was a one-night stand and someone um made me squirt with their fingers and then they were like I was like oh like do you want to go down on me and they were like well I would have you know before it got all messy and I was like oh I'm like, well, it's time for you to go then, you know, yeah. get the fuck out. Like, Absolutely. <laughs> none of this body shame here. Like, get yeah. out. Like, I got mine, so bye. Like, <laughs> oh, my God. oh, it's time for you to leave then. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's hilarious. See you never. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, because, like, that's kind of what I was 
thinking about too. It's like, at what point is that, is it a red flag when they're commenting too much on your body? Like at what point is it just preference? And what point is it like, no, you're, you're shaming me for just my mm-hmm. body and how that works. And yes. it's like, when you're making me feel bad for the pleasure you just gave me, like, cause it wasn't cinematic enough for you. It's like, <laughs> that's, that's silly. Mother's Day is around the corner, and whether you're celebrating your mama, grandma, guardian, or yourself, celebrate with the mother of all self-care routines by trying out Osea's Mega Moisture Duo. This duo delivers a one-two punch in luxurious body care moisturizers with their Anduria Algae Body Oil and Anduria Collagen Body Lotion, both featuring Osea's signature all-natural citrusy scent. I use both the body lotion and the Anduria Algae Body Oil once I get out of the shower, and I use it literally everywhere. This duo is my go-to for feeling glowy and hydrated for literal days, and the Osea Signature Scent is one of my faves because it's not overwhelming, um, but it's like a delicious and fresh smell that just lasts. Since 1996, Osea has been making seaweed-infused skincare that is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Treat mom to the everyday spa experience she deserves with clean, vegan skin and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code DOOMY at oseamalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to O-S-E-A malibu.com and use code d-e-w-m-e for 10 percent off yes yes yeah. that's so true i think like and that, that can be really hard to discern in the moment because you're so vulnerable right you know you're, you're naked and you're trying to get this person to like you you're trying to get pleasure and um and oftentimes people are saying things that they actually think are true right like there's so many myths mm-hmm. about vaginas and what they do and what they don't do and so most people are pretty uneducated mm-hmm. about them whether they have one or not um i think what you said sounds like it would be something to kind of say hey you know this is making me feel bad like, like what you're saying is making me feel bad about my body. This is just what my body does. Um, before I kicked out uh, loser, I was like, <laughs> oh, you know, this is just what my body does. Like, I can't, I can't control whether or not how much I squirt. It's not a button that I just like a lever, you know, like. <laughs> Open. <laughs> yeah. I'm ready. Yeah. yeah. And we tend to see much more in porn. We see much more semen um, on people's faces and bodies, mm-hmm. right? It's okay to have semen all over the place, but it's not okay to have vaginal. Fluid, so <laughs> that's so true so true god. Oh god okay you brought up another question for me because yeah. you talked about like getting your period during sex what about like going down on someone when they have their period because i feel like that's super taboo because uh-huh. that just mixes all the things together all of the yes things. Yes, you're so right. Um, so for, first of all, it's not inherently unhygienic to go down on someone who has their period. I mean, if you're comfortable with other body fluids, mm-hmm. um, if you're comfortable, if you don't have a fear of blood, all blood, but a lot of people have a, a problem with it specifically because it's menstrual blood. Mm-hmm. And so, so that's, that's kind of different, right? I mean, if, if you have this sort of reaction to any kind of blood, that's understandable. You wouldn't want to go down on someone. If it's just an ick factor, if you're kind of like, oh, you're on your period, you know, that's something that you can work through if um, you have an interest in working through that. And I think that there's such a challenge for, for everyone because we've learned all of this stuff around that periods are unhygienic, that periods are dirty that this is a time that's an untouchable time mm-hmm. and so there there's a challenge for both people in kind of moving through that but you can if you if you're not into blood you can also do uh, oral sex on someone who has their period by using barriers and so you can use a dental dam so that you're not um, there is no blood coming out you can also use a tampon and focus specifically on the clitoris or a diva cup or or something mm-hmm. like that where the blood is contained there are also sex um sex tampons they're like sex sponges and so they go up and they sit up around the cervix and then you're able to have um penetrative sex because a lot of diva cups are pointy so you can have like yeah i've never Mm. heard of that before i've never heard of the sponge i will say that um and this is funny because you and our other friend asked me if i'd ever had somebody go down on me on my period and i said no but then a week later Mm -hmm. um my partner is super unfazed by anything (laughs) like that and i was honestly the one who was like i don't know like that seems like a lot but we did do it with a a diva cup and i've been using a diva cup for like a lot of years Mm -hmm. like six years um 
And it was great. And it was totally fine. And there was no blood. And it was just like. outer? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's, I've literally never thought of that solution, but it makes so much sense because, and I will get into it, but for me, focusing on um, going down is like clitoral. So Mm -hmm. it's like, that would make sense to, you know, block, you know, barricade up the the vulva (laughs) and close the floodgates. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, Well, I feel like that's a really great transition into going into getting down yeah the how of it the how of it so let's start with literally the how of initiating going down on someone what are some good tips to like make it sexy instead of just like now i'm going (laughs) (laughs) like falling down in you know so what are some good good tips (laughs) yeah i think that um starting with other things that the person really likes so if they're into i mean kissing is like 90 percent of sex for me Mm -hmm. i love kissing Mm -hmm. i think it's so great um so if they're into kissing if they're into neck kisses if they're into cuddles if they're into dirty talk eye gazing whatever they're into so that we're bringing that level of arousal up in the body already even before you go down there and and that allows your brain to also sink into these sensations and cue more blood flow to your area and so that feeling of like a pussy boner, that mm-hmm. that fullness, that's that's your your clitoris getting erect. And so we want it to already be activated and ready for us by the time we get down there with our, our mouths and our fingers. And I think a lot of people get stuck in like this menu of, okay, we're going to kiss a little bit, then I'm going to kiss your tits, and then mm-hmm. I'm going to go down on you. And so we want to keep someone guessing. You don't want to repeat the same kind of um, order of things or even the speed or the pressure. So use things like pauses and use tease, use seduction, you know, kiss parts of their body that are hotspots, but aren't necessarily the go-to hotspots. So things like necks, ears, armpits, sides of bodies, um, stomachs, you know, chests, like all these areas that we kind of just pass over. But those are areas that, that also get more sensitive as we get more aroused. And so they become like these little receptors for pleasure. And so by the time you get down there, you're still trying to tease and so that might mean you're kissing the inner thighs or you're using your hands on inner thighs you might cup the vulva with a a cupped hand so that you're you're kind of just like hey I'm here you know like hello anybody home (laughs) and then I would I would look up at your partner and just tell them like how hungry you are for them right like I am so hungry for you I can't wait to get down on you and that's also that might make them you two are smiling so cute (laughs) it's gonna make them do that and then that's gonna bring them into their body and out of their head so anything about like oh what if I smell what if I smell and you look down and your partner's like "Mm, I cannot wait to get your clit in my mouth that's gonna allow you to relax into it so I think as givers we really want to focus on giving more than technique we want to give seduction we want to give reassurance we want to give in enthusiasm for going down on someone um and then you're gonna get into the the i mean the clitoris is so this is the funny thing about hair is that often people are like oh i don't want to go down on you if you have hair the clitoris is not hairy so all that tells me is that you don't know where the clitoris is (laughs) here's what i've learned about you from that (laughs) you just revealed yourself please So at that moment, you can kind of hover and tease the clitoris. You might want to use the clitoral hood. It's important to start um, approaching the clitoris rather than like going straight for it because it's so sensitive and often direct contact with that. I call it pornolingus. It's like that pointy tongue that we see in Mm. porn. That's like, you know, (laughs) nobody is coming from that. (laughs) Stop doing pornolingus. (laughs) Um, But that hovering, that sort of circling the sides of the clitoris, is maybe using your fingers and checking in with your partner. You know, would you like it harder, softer, faster, slower? That's an easy way to get feedback on like where to go next. Mm-hmm. I think kissing and warm up, the things that you talked about are so important because yes, I'm with you that kissing is like 90% of what can turn me on in a moment. And then the warm up and the teasing to go down there. It's just so... Uh, it's it's wonderful. That would get me in the mood too. And and I think more people who are interested in going down on other people need to start doing a little bit of research on how to elongate that process of, 
you know, the teasing, the, the seduction and how to make it the most enjoyable and getting people out of their heads, like complimenting. Hell yeah. That'll get me right out of my mm-hmm. head. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That would yes. immediately do it for me. Yeah. Cause I feel like it shouldn't, I don't know. We have this like on our list to talk about later, but timing I think is something that I worry about. And so like timing in two different ways. One, like I don't just want it to be like a step on the way to something else. I don't want it to be like a really quick, I'm just going to lick it down there and then <laughs> we'll move on. <laughs> and I want it to like, I don't know if I'm enjoying myself. I want it to last a long time. But then when I'm up here, I'm also like, fuck, is that taking too long? Like, right. are they drowning? Yeah. Like what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> Can they breathe? Can they breathe? I don't know. Yeah, you know Coming up if they breathe. die, they die. You know? <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> It's a respectful death if yeah. they die between An the honorable legs. An honorable death. Like, yes, yeah. <laughs> Soldier. <laughs> Tip my hat. Hats yeah. off. Yeah. You die with a purple heart for yeah. that one. <laughs> oh I, I'm so glad you mentioned that because I think that's such a, a performance thing too. It's so tied into I should orgasm or I should be done by this point or I am taking too long. Mm-hmm. And if we look up any article within the last 10 years around going down on people with vulvas, it's going to, you know, a lot of them are going to start with vulvas are really complicated. Vulvas are really <laughs> yes. whatever. And so we've internalized that too. And it's not that it's complicated. It's that science didn't bother to look at the pleasure anatomy of vulvas. Mm-hmm. And so all we learned was vulvas like penises. When we know that lots of people um, ha- enjoy penetrative sex and lots of people don't. And lots of people don't have sex with penises and they're still having orgasms and great sex. So there, there is this internalized, again, misogyny around, ugh, like something's, you know, my body needs to please somebody else on their timeline. And to get selfish in, in your pleasure, it feels like even to me, even to say it, it feels terrifying. It feels mm-hmm. terrifying to be responsible for and own your pleasure. And um, we can call it selfishness. That's how it typically is branded, but it is really more about just being accountable for what your body wants and what your body likes. And so if your partner goes down for three seconds and I've been with these people too, and uh, <laughs> you know, they watch that. That's also what's in porn, right? It's like mm-hmm. lick, lick, and then, you yes. know, penetration. So um, you can always say, Oh, your mouth felt so good. Like, can I have some, more of that can you can you keep down there like I am just loving with your face between my thighs and like really showing your enthusiasm for that type of pleasure and if they're like oh like I'm I'm done I'm not into that and they want to move on to what they want to move on to you can still redirect into something that is more pleasurable for you so I know lots of us go along to get along I've done it too and I've not wanted to speak up in that moment and I hear a lot of feedback around um, especially um, cis women talking about you know like I don't want to hurt my partner's feelings I don't I don't want to make them feel rejected as women we've also been taught to minimize our needs that Mm -hmm. that our needs are a burden that um, we are inherently you know difficult or we can't take up too much space and so we've been taught to be not intimidating and not threatening so the slightest you know move towards hey I would like this thing a little bit longer feels you know incredibly powerful and so there is a bit of unlearning and sitting with that discomfort that when you own your pleasure, someone else might not be on board. And so is that your problem or their problem? Mm -hmm. You know, it really is about like, are they actually interested in your pleasure or are they interested in warming you up to use you for what they want to do, right? There's this idea of of giving sex instead of getting sex from someone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It gave me chills when you mentioned the, you know, we've only been told that everything is complicated for vulvas and vaginas it's like that's so true because that's all you think about you're like it's gonna be harder for me to get off so I'll just make this as fast as I can because I know that I'm more complicated like that is so true that that's something we all internalize and that we try to make up for and like like it's our fault (laughs) like so like oh yeah so just don't just don't go down as long it's fine it's fine I feel like we say that about like femmes in general (laughs) yeah it's just like you're more complicated your feelings are more complicated so like you have to give like masculine folks a break because like they're just not gonna get it and so that's your responsibility and it's like I don't think so. <laughs> not my fault. No, that you're just no. false. Not yeah, fault. it's not my issue. Yeah. No. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> it, I think this was all so important to get out of the way before we dive into pleasure because, like 
getting receiving pleasure, we have to get the shame and the things that keep mm -hmm. us in our head out of the way first. Now we can all really dive into pleasure and how well, to get the pleasure out of it. Yeah. And one question that came up for me was asking, because I know I used to be really scared to ask for it. So yeah. is there ways to like, oh, yeah. do you just like stare in a mirror and practice? Like, <laughs> I don't know. I think I just started like doing it because I was so comfortable with my partner. But I know right. not everybody's in a super long term relationship right. with a like super, I guess he's like pretty open to yeah. a lot of stuff. Yeah. So. It's going to be so different for everyone. You know, yeah. Asking for that. Yeah. Um, I think asking for it, it definitely um, takes practice. You're right. I mean, you can practice in front of the mirror. You can practice asking for other things that are mm. maybe not so high stake. So maybe mm. you want to kiss a little bit longer. Maybe you want to cuddle more. Maybe you want to hear dirty talk. And, and so practicing taking up a little bit more space in your sexual experiences, 100% builds your sexual confidence. Because you're like, huh, I belong here in this erotic experience, you know, free from self-judgment about what I actually need. And um, I think there is also ways to do it even over text. So if you're not you're not comfortable doing it, I mean, when I'm on dating apps and if something is going sexual, that's the first question I ask. I'm like, are you a pussy eating champ? And if they mention <laughs> anything about hygiene or if I feel like it, I'm like unmatched. Like, yeah. we're not, you know, and I didn't used to be like that. I used to kind of try and negotiate and barter with my pleasure and a lot of times we're bartering for emotional attraction like we want someone to like us desire us you know mm -hmm. see us as sexy we we want to be validated in this experience and you know when you're able to do that for yourself then you can also you can still receive it from other people but you can have this sort of foundation of like mm, I'm just over here feeling myself you know what do you want to join me and if you're joining me, like, what are you bringing to the table? Like, what are you, what are you offering? Yeah. Like, uh, I'm a goddess. Uh, Stop approaching me without an offering. Don't so, come empty handed. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think sometimes it's okay to just say, Hey, like, I really like this thing. And are you open to, to doing more of it? And, and that can feel even just sort of, you know, the same way you're like, I don't like cheese. And can you please stop putting cheese in our dinner? <laughs> Such good tips. Oh, that's so funny. That's what I've, I want to stand in that more as I start dating again, too. It's like, I know everything that I am, <laughs> and I'm asking you to meet me here. So it's like, if you do, fantastic. If not, that doesn't, like with the emotional bartering, like you were saying, that's such something that I would do. It's like, but I want you to be emotionally attracted to me. So I'll fix and adjust to make sure that I keep you here emotionally, even mm -hmm. if that means that physically or sexually, I'm not getting what I need. That was so true mm -hmm. to like how I feel like I've been in the past. So I'm excited to like stand in it. Like you said, <laughs> yeah. what are you bringing to the goddamn table? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you will just have better sex. Like I, I definitely have better sex now because yeah. I, and maybe I'm having um, less partners or, or, I mean, it's COVID anyways, but I mean, yeah. like, <laughs> but I definitely am going through more people and kind of being more selective about, yeah. are we actually on the same page or, or, or am I sort of repeating the patterns of, of, you know, making myself smaller, right. editing myself, taming myself, you know, that we're all taught in other situations in the bedroom. Cause if not, like, why am I here? I can do it better right. and yeah. not yes. have to have small talk and change mm -hmm. my sheets so. <laughs> and clean. <laughs> And everything else. I hate that. <laughs> oh, that's so true. Okay. I'm so excited. Yeah, this is so let's fun. Let's get into some more logistics. Let's get into logistics. So we're down there. We're focusing. <laughs> we're given the pleasure. What are some good things to do with your tongue? Like besides just, eh. <laughs> you know, what are like your tongue tricks and things that can really like spice it up? Yeah, yeah. So one thing I, I tell people who are going down on me, if they're if they're too kind of doing that pornolingus thing mm -hmm. with their tongue, mm -hmm. I'll say, hey, can you make out with my pussy? And so making out for people cues, you know, using their lips and more of this soft sort of sucking type of motion. And, and that can feel much more, um, or it can be, clitoris can be more receptive to that because it isn't so pointy and pokey. And um, a lot of sex toys are actually now being designed with that kind of sucking motion. Mm -hmm. And so it's bringing more blood flow. It's like giving a mini little blowjob to, to a clitoris. And that can also get in on the sides of the clitoris where you've got 
more access to more nerve endings. And it's also helping travel into the other parts of the clitoris that we can't see. Right. And um, so I think like making out with the pussy is a really good one. Another one that I really like is um, sort of creating um, emotion with your tongue. So you're, you're going around, let's say in a circle or an oval around the clitoris and not really touching the actual head of the clitoris itself, but then creating an emphasis on, on one part of the circle. So you might go all the way around and at the bottom of the circle, you're going to push your tongue a little bit more. And so it feels like there's a change in that rhythm and going around and around and around and doing that, that can really create a lot more um, erection from the clitoris. So it actually brings more blood flow because it's, it's responding to the contrast in the circle and the pressure. Um, the other thing is, is if you get, if you're like, I don't know what to do, you know, if you have like two moves, even with those two moves, there's like infinite variations of those moves. So play with texture, play with, you know, pressure, play with speed, play with direction and allow your partner to, to sink into that rhythm before changing to something else. And you can even get feedback and be like, Oh, like, did you like my tongue on the side? Or do you like me making out with your pussy and just do whatever they like? If they're not sure, you can also have your face there and let them grind against your face and use your face as like a, a little masturbation board. And, uh, <laughs> you know, noses and chins are also really great to to kind of get in there to give a different texture if your tongue gets tired or your lips get tired. Um, and your partner controlling the speed and the direction can give you more sense of what they like. Right. Well, good thing we talked about shame first, because if you you got to push past all that to just stay there, I'm going to use your face for a second yeah, (laughs) and show you exactly what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's so funny. Well, that makes me think about like positions. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Which was something I didn't even like think about coming into this. Like, what are some different positions that you can be doing? Because like, you know, we've heard of like sitting on someone's face. Right. I guess I, I've done it, but I worry about breathing. <laughs> but yet again, I'm worried I, about breathing. I worry about, because I do, I do love my partner and I would, I would like him to live. Yeah. So yeah, what are some positions? <laughs> Well, let's start with face sitting because I feel like this (laughs) is one that so many people like, like, but they're so afraid of or they're intimidated by, right? That you're going to squish your partner, that they're not going to be able to breathe, that all of your juices are now on their face. So like the scent thing comes into play. Um, I think setting up good communication beforehand. So if your partner says, if I can't breathe, I'll tap your leg, you know, Mm -hmm. or I'll squeeze your leg or give them a bell. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) The bell. That's the one. That's the one. A horn. Yeah. A horn, yeah. Like, like a bike like horn. A dog toy. Or yeah, yeah. A squeaky. <laughs> oh my god. And trusting. Like really just mm-hmm. trusting that they're gonna tell you if they're about to die. You know? I mean like, <laughs> the other tip for face sitting is that put yourself in a position where you've got a wall or like a bedpost mm-hmm. so that you can um keep some of your weight up when you want to and then put it back down when you feel more comfortable. And rising your partner's head up by um, folding a pillow in half and putting it under their neck actually brings them closer to your crotch so that you don't have to spread your knees as wide, which Mm. is uncomfortable for a lot of people and actually doesn't allow people to have that motion of being up and down. Um, Some people like to be eaten out from behind. Um, That can be a really sexy situation. We just want to remember that if you're also eating ass at that time, that we don't want to mix butt stuff with Mm -hmm. the vagina. Um, Keep butt stuff in the butt. So pick one. Pick one hole you're going to play with. (laughs) And then mouthwash before the other one. (laughs) Um, and some people like standing up. Like I'm far too lazy to be standing up. But I think <laughs> that doesn't like, sound like it's for me. No, it doesn't sound like mine. Either. If you're like some sort of I don't know Olympic like pussy, yeah, and, like stand up and like do. <laughs> Oh, if you're my trying God. to meet your stand goal on your Apple yeah. Watch. <laughs> I guess. That's oh, when. that's so funny. Well, a few of these positions make me wonder, like, where we should be focusing. So, is the focus of eating out the clitoris, or is there ways to focus on like the labia and the like the actual opening that feel good? Because to me, it does. It starts to like lose sensation the farther down you go. But maybe that's mm-hmm. just them not having the skill to like find the good spot. So where is the best place to be focusing? 
Yeah, I love that question. Um, so the the problem with only focusing on the clitoris like continuously is that you know the clitoris kind of will will eventually start to sort of numb out. Like it'll mm-hmm. be like oh like this sensation is actually too much. So yeah. we want to create this this tease by approaching the clitoris with a couple of moves and then moving to another area. So whether it's labia, whether it's the vaginal opening, because the clitoris is extending into all of these areas, it's just not as accessible. So we're just seeing the exposed part of of the clitoris. So if you're sucking on someone's labia, people love that. That can feel really good. Um, Some people like their their labia sort of spread because then you're getting that contrast of hot and cold. Like the, Mm -hmm. you know, if you like onto a labia that that's got like spit and juices and then it's also exposed to the air that kind of sensation can actually bring more attention in the person that's the receiver and so if you're someone who gets stuck in your head and you're like oh like i love this but do we have milk like do we have mustard like those kinds of moves can bring you back in there uh, for the vaginal opening some people like tongue fucking so putting your tongue in there and you don't have to go really deep because I mean most of the nerve endings are around the opening of the right. vagina anyways there's not too much in there um, and remembering that that there is this um, you know the, the clitoris might be the most sensitive part but there's all of this area that might be more sensitive if you were giving it techniques that were more useful to it Mm -hmm. and so the I love for vaginal openings like I like putting my chin there and just kind of like because my chin is much harder than my tongue and it fits kind of perfectly and just sort of allowing my whole face isn't going to fall into someone's vagina so it's a pretty you know safe kind of (laughs) kind of move (laughs) no penetration (laughs) I've had that happen before with a guy somebody's entire face another chin but where it just fell into my vagina Um, but he had he had stubble and it was Mm. i do remember that move and that is a fun move Yeah, it was a I lot know, of stuff. bad, but I think it's so fun. Yeah, it feels to... kind of like, mm, yeah. like a little texture. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Ribbed. Ribbed. <laughs> Ribbed. <laughs> well, in the spirit of mixing it up, too, also using fingers, right? Yeah. So I love that. But what are some other good, like, just one, just two motions? What do you do with them? What can you yeah, do? Yeah, what can you do yeah. with them? Yeah, uh, I think most people's um, automatic inclination is to like, like take a finger and just like push it as far deep as you can go. And that can feel super great because at the back of the vagina where you've got the, the cervix, um, there is an A spot there. So that's another orgasmic spot for some people. For other people, it's too sensitive. I wouldn't go as, as far back. I think it's great to kind of stay around the front because that's where you're going to access the, the G spot, which isn't a, a separate spot but it's a part of the clitoral uh, the clitoris and and so we're we're trying to stimulate um, maybe about like uh, two knuckles in or some for some people it's one knuckle in and we're curving towards the front of the body so towards the belly button whatever position your partner's in towards the anterior part of the body and a lot of people do a, kind of that that jamming in and out mm-hmm. kind of, of motion <laughs> mm-hmm. some people like that I mean we can I would say start slower and then warm up because if you started a 10 like where are you gonna go right, right. like the, you really don't have a lot of room to mm-hmm. grow so putting fingers in there and just sort of massage the g-spot the g-spot likes firm and continuous pressure so sometimes fingers are are great for that because they're a bit more dexterous you can kind of move around you can spread them open um but you might want to bring in a sex toy like bring in a vibrator bring in a a g-spot toy so that you have another partner in in these like pleasure sensations you're trying to give and remember toys don't get tired right Mm -hmm. like they your fingers are eventually going to get tired from that i've gotten hand cramps people have gotten hand cramps like so (laughs) You can bring in accessories, accessories, yeah. Yeah. accessories. Yeah, it's almost like just the presence of another, like fullness, is what yeah. makes it feel good. So it doesn't even have to be like constantly dancing around. It's just like the fact that there's just more going on mm-hmm. is what can feel really good. I've had partners be like offended though when I've asked for fingers because they're like, "Oh, my mouth isn't like good enough for you." No, it's not. No, I I prefer a lot more than actually just your your slobbery mouth. Your slobbery little yeah. mouth. Yeah. And then he like wouldn't. 
Huh. He wouldn't do it because it like affected his ego too much. <laughs> like we can bring in someone else to do that. You know part. what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Actually, fine. I'll just source that out. Get a subcontractor yeah. for this work. God damn. <laughs> I did have a question because you were saying like with your fingers, just like massaging the G-spot area a little bit. When you mentioned tongue fucking, like what does that necessarily mean? Is that like sticking your tongue in and out or like what do you do with your tongue in the hole, I guess? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You can totally do that that sort of like um, jutting out and, like and pushing in. Like a lizard, yeah. And it's going to be just like the very tip of your tongue. It's not going to mm-hmm. go very far into someone. And really, most people can't feel the majority of, of the tongue inside. It's mm-hmm. sort of the sexiness, the idea that, that someone's tongue is in them. Or if you're putting your tongue in and you're moving it around in little circles, okay. that, because the, the vagina is a muscle, and so we're we're kind of like stretching out the muscle a little bit with our tongue. And so that brings a sensation. It's a more active sensation to to do with your tongue versus kind of just sticking it in and out. Um, and so either circles or even just side to side or up and down can feel really good. It's really tempting when we're trying a new technique to like do everything. So you're like up and down, side to side, round and round. And like, you know, give it a go. Like count. If you if you kind of rush through things, I rush through things. So I have to count. I'm like, I'm going to do 10 circles. Five. Yeah, Yeah, that's so true. You don't want to try too many things at once. I just spit as I said that, but still. (laughs) You're salivating. I know. You're ready. I'm ready. You also mentioned breathing. Oh, yeah. Like the, like adding in a bit of air. Mm-hmm. Can you? Are there like more ways to incorporate breath? Mm-hmm. Straight on yeah. the floor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you're starting a fire. Yeah. Just gotta form it up <laughs> and then blow on it. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. We got it. Nice. Well, you can right. do um, that motion of of kind of blowing in a circle around the clitoris. You can blow up and down, so spreading the labia and just like blowing up and down. Um, it just even exhaling because the sound of our, our breath is also mm-hmm. a, such a turn on for our partners and it calms us down. So if you're getting in your head about something, you know, just opening up and like exhaling onto their exposed um, areas of their, their vulva, that can feel super, super hot. The other thing you can do with, with breath is, is combine it with, um, you know, sort of like the surrounding area of the vulva. So I call the area where your your like thigh and your crotch that little crevice you know mm-hmm. it's like a sweat catcher right yeah. like there's just like sweat in there um yep. and so I like going down on people and sort of licking that area and then exhaling and then inhaling them and being like oh you smell so good and someone's gonna giggle they're gonna smile but they're gonna get shaken out of like oh like do I stink do I like Mm -hmm. not taste good do I do whatever so you can also use breath as communication and and really just like expressing like oh like I can't like get enough of you down here Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we're both like "Mm -hmm." (laughs) that would do it that would do it (laughs) yeah that'd be that sounds good so this has been so informative and is there any last like things we should avoid you said the darting tongue so there any like big mistakes that you could hit when going down there Yes. If something is working, do not switch to something else. I think that a lot of times something will be working and someone will be like, oh, well, I got more. Let me try something else. (laughs) And it it doesn't have to be, I know a lot of people have learned like do the alphabet with your tongue or, you know, the most important thing is to really see what's working for your partner. So tune into those breath changes, you know, tune into those moans. and, And if they're not communicative, if they're more of a quiet partner you can kind of say like oh like show me what you like or like tell me what you like or you know grab my grab my head if you like something or squeeze my hand if something feels good and then you can tune into all those nonverbal cues um I think for a lot of people the 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 mere even if you have like not a ton of skill but you're approaching this with curiosity and like teach me how to eat you that is so much hotter than someone who kind of comes in with like, yeah, I got all the moves and my tongue is the best. And like, and I'm like, well, is it, is it, is it really? <laughs> <Right>. oh. 
feel like it's not. <laughs> I think oh a lot of people will have found something that works on somebody else's body and then assume that that's going to work on everybody's body. And mm-hmm. and that can make you feel like a failure. I had someone say to me, um, oh, I guess it takes you quite a long time uh, to, to come from this. And I was like, or you're just not doing what's good. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. and I'm not telling you like what's good. So um, right. it can also be hard to figure out what you like. So in masturbation, that's where it's really important to figure out with your fingers, with toys. Do I like mm-hmm. the left side of my clit? Do I like the right side? Do I like penetration? What does my labia do for me? And so like getting really comfortable with like, ooh, a little to the left, that can feel like your body knows. Your body will help you remember that sensation and give you the confidence to communicate that. Mm-hmm. I think those I are all it. phenomenal tips. I came up with two questions that I think will be kind <laughs> of quick, but I have yeah. to get them answered. Yeah. The first one, so we talked about fingering, but like what else can you do with your hands? Like there's other stuff too, right? Like touching somebody's body. Like what are some things that people should be doing? Because I know mm-hmm. I like other stuff too. Yes, yes. Um, so with hands, you can also do stuff on the external like parts of the vulva. So we we can use our knuckles because that gives a different texture mm-hmm. as well. And there's a technique called knuckling, which is pretty much you you start at the vagina with two knuckles and you're just sort of um, kind of rubbing or, or squiggling your knuckles into the vagina and then moving your knuckles up towards the urethra and then around the clitoris. And so it's giving this like like pressured, very specific massage over and over again to to the clitoris and that can bring up all this more or all uh, more blood flow where it just makes things more sensitive and more receptive um and i think when you're down there you know feeling someone's hips you know grabbing their hips grabbing i like to wrap my hands around someone's thighs um wrapping someone around their butt cheeks you know dragging your hands up their body while you're licking a little bit like popping up and like looking up and and making (laughs) eye contact and you know coming up for air then going back down. Um, but taking your hands to explore other parts of their body and even holding their hands. I like holding someone's hands while they're going down on me when I'm on my back so that I can communicate with my hands. Like squeezing is going to be like, yes, like that's so good. Like do more of whatever you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also use your hands on yourself. And so if you want to get more self-pleasure, like touch yourself, touch your vulva, touch your penis um, while you're touching somebody else's. Mm-hmm. I love that you've brought up a couple like hand signals because that's Mm -hmm. another one that I didn't think of is like how to like communicate that you're liking it. So I think the ones that you've brought up are so good to remember too. Yeah. I love you've mentioned like a few things of what to do as the receiver because like Mm -hmm. obviously you want to like be there and just like enjoy it and receive. But I also like that there's like some active things that you can be doing. So my other quick question then is breathing. Are you just breathing out of your nose the whole time except for when you're like trying to incorporate your breath? Oh, like when you're uh, just down. like actually like how are you breathing yeah. when you're down there? <laughs> yeah. So sometimes you're not breathing. I think sometimes you're okay. holding your breath and you're doing things, um, especially if you're doing something with your mouth it, and your nose is sort of buried as well. So some people will hold their breath. Other people will will breathe through their nose and then use their mouth for stuff. That's why it's also good to to even consider like using your nose and and mm-hmm. taking a breath. So squiggle that nose like up around the the vagina and the the clitoris. Um, um, and and it, it does take take practice. Like I, I remember seeing a lot of memes going around about people who didn't want to wear masks, and it's like obviously you don't go down and eat pussy because yeah. you get down there long <laughs> enough. And I was like, yeah, like this is like like it is a little it is a little bit harder to breathe. So it's okay to to come up for air and and also use your hands in that moment and mm-hmm. just stay there. Like take your break and and stay there and like touch them and look at them and move your hands around them. Keep the sensation going and then bring your face back down when you're you're comfortable to mm-hmm. okay that I love helps. it yeah <laughs> I feel like it's those like logistic questions yeah. that like those I'm are like, okay but really when we get to like that specific thing that's the thing that pops into my head like okay but how like how right. does that work what am I supposed to do there right. what are they supposed to yeah so no it makes sense thank yes, you you're right. <laughs> <laughs> okay well we have gotten to the point in our episode where we like to do homework for honeys Where we talk about actionable steps that we can all take to start incorporating everything we talked about in going down on someone. So Luna, would you do the honor of assigning us some homework this week? 
Yes, yes. So I have homework for the giver and homework for the receiver. Beautiful. So for for the givers, um, I want you to face fuck a piece of fruit. And and the reason we're going to do this is, is you're going to find some kind of soft fruit, like something, even a strawberry, right? And and so we've all been taught to eat really proper, you know, like we don't get anything on our clothes. I want you to put on something you don't care about getting strawberry juice on and get messy, like, like really like face fuck that fruit and get it, let the juices drip down your skin, you know, like see the scent all over your top lip, feel the stickiness because really you can clean it up after. Right. And so that's what, that's what we want to sink into is that these sensations don't have to be sanitized that, that we can have these like really um, slutty like sensation experiences as using our, our five senses as these little portals of pleasure. And so the more that you get comfortable, even doing things that are not necessarily erotic, but like getting comfortable using your senses to give you pleasure then that's where that's a game changer that's where you get to shift into like "Mm, yeah my senses are hungry like give me whatever is in here um so face fucking some fruit and then for for the receivers i think um what many receivers need is really just um a lot more opportunities to feel yourself like to really feel like you have something to offer in terms of pleasure and that you deserve pleasure and so i want you to find something every day every day something that is a a sensual experience so whether it's from washing the dishes and you happen to notice like oh like this is like kind of sudsy on my hands or that like lavender is does not that's not what my pussy smells like but this smells like (laughs) like lovely and so pleasure is really about finding joy in these mundane moments it's like opening up your senses to see what joy is available I have tons of orchids I have plants and I wake up every morning and I look at them and just like worship them. I love how beautiful they are. And and that's that's a sensory experience. And so once we learn to tune into those senses more and more and more as a regular practice, it's so much easier to be a receiver in in the bedroom and so you know look in the mirror and give yourself like a wink you know you're washing your hands like just like you know take in your awesomeness take Mm -hmm. in your cutiness like take in like your playfulness allow yourself to get more playful that is some of the best homework I think we've ever got. Oh my God, that was <laughs> phenomenal. so excited about that. I'm so excited for people to hear it. Uh, well, thank you so much. Where can our listeners continue to connect with you after the episode? Yeah, yeah. You can find me at lunamitadas.com. I teach like 30 different uh, on-demand webinars on different topics. Um, and I also host a podcast all about anal sex. I don't know what my life is. Again, don't tell my mom. <laughs> and uh, that's sponsored by by B-Vibe. And so if you're interested in butt stuff, come over and, and hear about prostates and anal play over there. Um, and uh, you can also check out my YouTube channel. There's a bunch of, of free content around feminine dominance, sex toys, all kinds of stuff on there. Amazing. I thank can't wait to listen to your so podcast. Thank you so much, Luna. This was so much fun. Oh, thank oh, you my so God. much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Anyway. We're going down. <laughs> so many good songs relate to this. Yeah. Thank you so much to Luna for being on the episode today. And thank you so much to our listeners for tuning in. Yes, and if you have a few minutes, head over to Apple Podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe to Honey Do Me Podcast. Help us out a ton, and we love you, so why not love us? Love me back, please. That's all I ask. Anyway, see you next week. Yeah, bye. bye.